Hello, you're listening to The World According to Ali. I'm your host, Zulfikar Ali, and with me is my producer, Justin Boyd. We are broadcasting today from worldaccordingtoali.com. In this broadcast, we'll be discussing the NATO summit, which was just recently concluded in the Windy City of Chicago. Uh, Justin, in case you didn't know what was happening in Chicago, we just had this uh, NATO summit held on May 20th, 21st about Afghanistan. What about Afghanistan? To give you an idea, first of all, Afghanistan is a big, big mess right now. We have a lot of key players wanting to leave Afghanistan. U.S. forces are fixing to leave Afghanistan by the end of 2014, starting next year. The ISAF forces, the International Security Assistance Forces, which are commanded by NATO general, uh, are going to take over. So there is a lot of stuff going on in the background, which usually our general public is not aware of. Money is, of course, an issue. Of course, always. Uh, so that's that's another key component of the whole game plan. But to give you an idea what happened in Chicago, of course it's a NATO summit, but because NATO is going to take over from the U.S. forces in 2014, by the end of 2014, I must say, so the main topic of discussion was Afghanistan. Right now, there are 130,000 NATO troops operating in Afghanistan, out of which 90,000 are American troops, followed by 9,500 British troops. So once all these uh, American forces start leaving, they're going to give the combat role to NATO forces when needed. So they're going to transition from combat role to more like special ops, assist, and advisory role. They're going to be, we'll be leaving about 20 to 30,000 troops. The number is still debatable. They're still debating at the Pentagon. So that, that's a big issue. But money is the major factor. I've read a lot of studies, Pentagon officials have been discussing about it for, for a while now, that the Afghan military is going to require about 4 to $5 billion a year. A year? It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money, especially for a country like Afghanistan, whose gross domestic product is only $30 billion, approximately. Where is that money going to come from? So one of the reasons why they just had the summit was... Who is going to chip in what amount of money? Especially with the current financial crisis in the Eurozone. You're absolutely right, Justin. And that was exactly what was discussed uh, in Chicago. The plan is that out of $4 billion, Afghanistan is supposed to pitch in from their own resources about $500 million a year. Quite, quite a bit for Afghanistan at this Ab- stage. Absolutely. That's a lot of money uh, for Afghanistan because right now, I mean, we are pretty much supporting them. The U.S. tax, tax dollars are supporting uh, uh, Afghanistan government. So the key question is, what's going to happen after 2014 is where are they going to get this money from? That aside, the remaining $3.5 billion is supposed to come from U.S., Britain, France, Turkey, and all, basically primarily our NATO allies. So what the Obama administration is trying to do right now is they gathered about 50 heads of states and they pretty much discussed like what they can do to contribute in the development of Afghanistan in post-2014 scenario. And uh, Pass the hat, if you will. You know, who, who, who can pitch in? It's got to be filled up this much. <laughs> That's absolutely... Prob- those figures are probably way low when it gets down to actually being in 2014. They're always wrong on that stuff. I mean, this is just an initial figure. $4 billion. And, you know, comes 2014, we might be looking at $6 billion. Who knows? It's just a number right now. You know how these Pentagon officials work. But let's start with $4 billion here. 
the plan is that the world community is going to pitch in 3.5 billion dollars afghan government is going to pitch in 500 million dollars to support the ANA, which is afghan national army and that's just one aspect of the chicago summit another key aspect which was discussed uh, was the NATO supply lines originating from Pakistan going all the way up to Kabul mm -hmm. or Bagram Air Force Base. Uh, right now, as you know, the Pakistanis have blocked NATO supplies since November of last year when uh, 24 Pakistani soldiers were killed in a NATO attack accidentally. Like and the drone strikes, wasn't it? Something like that. No, it was actually not a drone strike, Justin. It was actually we are talking like we are talking about a full-fledged attack. There were choppers involved. There were soldiers involved. Oh, wow. There, it was a miscommunication. The generals got involved, but by the time everything was said and done, we had 24 Pakistani soldiers, our ally soldiers on the war on terror, got killed. Uh, the Pakistani public opinion got really furious, and in retaliation they shut down the NATO supply lines originating from Pakistan to Afghanistan and they are still blocked as we speak so the hope was that when the Pakistani president Asif Ali Zardari came to Chicago that he would announce that the NATO supply lines have been reopened but that has not happened yet it's still an ongoing process uh, the Pakistani uh, NATO uh, US and Afghan officials are still uh, hammering those details out. Last I spoke with a Pakistani official, the Pakistanis prior to November of last year, they used to charge $250 per truck, which is quite reasonable. Yeah, not bad. But now the Pakistanis are wanting to charge $5,000 each truck. Well, that's a lot more. That's a significant raise. 2,000%. Wow, 2,000% increase. Well, uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, the Pakistanis are basically, from all the reports I've read, they, they keep saying that their infrastructure, their roads, their freeways, their motorways are getting destroyed by this heavy equipment passing through Pakistan. But more importantly, I think it's a ploy to get more money out of the uh, Americans, mostly, to the Pakistani government. Okay. That makes sense, but I can see since they've had all that, since the 24 deaths of the soldiers, they're probably thinking their, their security's lessened by having all this stuff go through here. Oh, of course. Uh, it, it's, you know, anytime we are discussing Afghanistan, Justin, it's a jambalaya. There are so many aspects to this whole mess. But keep in mind, we cannot resolve the Afghan problem without talking to the Pakistanis. But quite frankly, I think Afghanistan is a sideshow. It's the Pakistanis we need to speak with directly to resolve the Afghan problem. Mm -hmm. There's uh, no other way to get to Afghanistan except through Pakistan or Iran, and they're not exactly helping out. Well, yes, uh, right it's now... Small port, but that's not very big, not compared to what we're probably putting in there. You're absolutely right. We can either go to Afghanistan through Pakistan, Iran or Central Asian Republics. The problem is if we go through Central Asian Republics, we have to get an, uh, a nod from the Russians. The uh, Russians uh, are still supplying the uh, Syrian Assad regime, the ammo which they're using against their own people. So the world is not really happy with the Russians on that matter. So you can go to Afghanistan through the Central Asian Republics where you have to get a nod from the Russians. They have been helping us out some, but it's a really long and expensive process. 
Ar- Iranians like fly it from like Turkey to there, then south or something. There's not really a good direct route on the road, at least. Yeah, we are talking about like involving about three to four countries, like Tajikistan, mm-hmm. Kazakhstan, Belarus. I mean, it's a big mess. Uh, Those countries are barely stable as they are. They're <laughs> still very new. Absolutely, absolutely. The other place you can go to Afghanistan from is Iran, and of course, we don't want to rely on the Iranians. Yeah, I don't think we're, they're going to let us drive our trucks through there, fly our <laughs> planes over. They're not. They're not too cool with us, and haven't been for a long time. Absolutely. So the last resort is the cheaper and shorter route would be through Pakistan. Now, like I said, Pakistanis are furious right now. They have been having this internal debate for almost past four or five months now where they're trying to renegotiate the Pakistani-NATO-Pakistani-US relationship. And when they decided to hike the uh, rate for each truck from 250 US dollars to 5,000 US dollars, that was one of the outcomes of their internal debates within Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, it's a car salesman trick, quite frankly, if you ask me. In my personal opinion, they have asked for 5000 but I think uh, when everything is said and done, they'll probably settle down to somewhere around $2,500 per truck, half the price. But it's still going to be way, way more than what we were paying Where to the Pakistan. Where does money go exactly? Is it earmarked for like, security? Is it earmarked for actually roads? Or does it just go right back into the Pakistani general fund? Uh, my understanding is it goes directly back to the Pakistani general fund. We call it CSF, a Coalition support funds basically we provide pakistan coalition support funds each year for using their roads their air corridors pretty much essentially it it is it is i don't want to sound biased because my audience know i'm from pakistan originally but I, i i did go to pakistan not too long ago and i saw that the damage it has done to their motorways so i do feel that what they were doing before was justified hiking the price from 250 to 5000 i think it's outrageous but huge jump it is a huge jump but it's still uh, in in the process of negotiation so i'm i'm uh, hopeful that soon it will be uh, resolved matter so what exactly came out of the nato summit was anything truly resolved basically at the end there were big promises there there were big debates but nothing concrete was achieved at the end of the nato summit except for the fact that they said the world is still going to be there for Afghanistan in post-2014 scenario. I'm going to be honest, from my past previous experiences, I'm going to believe it when I actually see it mm-hmm. in post-2014 world. Because I don't think the European countries primarily are in a position to stay in Afghanistan that long. Keep in mind, France will be pulling out its troops by the end of this year. Germans cannot wait to get out of Afghanistan. Uh, Yes, they are helping us, but they have made it abundantly clear that they're just wanting to leave Afghanistan and just pretty much move on. And I don't blame them. The war has been going on for about almost 11 years now. A lot longer than anybody thought it would be, but it's Afghanistan. The only thing always takes longer than a military issue in Afghanistan. You're the Russians. You're (laughs) absolutely right, Justin. A lot of NATO allies are wanting to leave now. Uh, it's a very complicated process as to what's going to happen in Afghanistan. There, were, there are still no clear-cut answers to the problems there. The hope is that comes 2014 when U.S. combat troops leave and they transfer their responsibilities to the NATO forces, that NATO would be able to somehow manage 
Afghanistan without a civil war erupting. But again, we'll just have to wait till 2014 and see. Since nothing was resolved at the last summit, have they scheduled another summit, or are they supposed to get back together again, or did I just get a quick trip to Chicago and just go on home and say, eh, nothing happened. (laughs) It didn't work out. (laughs) Well, something like that. Uh, Last NATO summit we had, we had a similar summit in uh, 2010. So now we had the summit in 2012. So probably next year or in 2014, we'll, we would have another summit, especially about Afghanistan. But no dates have been announced as we speak. But like I said before, uh, all promises. But I'm, I'm one of those people. I'll believe it when I see it in a 2014 scenario. So until the next summit or until 2014, I guess it's just kind of... I guess it just goes back to regular diplomatic channels, and it doesn't sound like anybody wants to be involved. It's not like anybody wants to pay for it. And honestly, what uh, just getting back to the financial thing, when you're talking about Afghanistan, when we got into Iraq, the whole thing as well, the oil we find there will pay for pay for the cost, which was way understated. But in Afghanistan, they don't really have the same kind of resources that Iraq does. I mean, like there's no return on the investment. I think. I mean. I mean, do you know more about what Afghan has to offer the world as far as raw materials and those kind of things? Well, Afghanistan does not have any oil. Uh, they don't have any black gold. But they recently did find copper and gold mines in Afghanistan. But here's a kicker. All the Chinese companies got the contracts for it and not the American companies. So I doubt it that the Chinese will be sharing those fortunes anytime soon with the NATO slash U.S. forces. You know, if we're providing security for that area and China is profiting from it, maybe we should approach China for footing some of the bill. Good luck, <laughs> but seems reasonable. <laughs> well, it's it's a very logical conclusion. See how but mines work when all the troops leave. <laughs> you're absolutely right. We'll just have to wait and see. But right now, it's still up in the air. We don't know where the money is going to come from. We don't know who's going to contribute troops to the NATO forces because everybody is apparently wanting to leave. And the Pakistanis are still not cooperating as much as we would like them to. So it's still up in the air. Hopefully, in next six months, we'll have a better picture. With that said, Justin, next week, we'll be talking about the man who helped the CIA catch Osama bin Laden. So don't forget to tune back in to the world according to Ali.com next week.